I'm not gonna lie to you, I've been putting my key on a new ring this entire time. Dude, I'm trying to fix a CD player that its uh, volume slider's a little fucky, so... <laughs> Relatable multitasking! Come join the club! We are the Hey guys, Tess here. Just wanted to let you know that this episode was recorded in July. If you're wondering why things are being mentioned here that aren't really topics anymore, that's why. This episode, again, was recorded in July. And with that being said, roll intro! Hello and welcome to the Magic Winks Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every single episode of the Italian Magical Girl series Winks Club. I'm Brendan, Fairy of the Surging Sea. And I'm Tess, Fairy of the Rolling Stones. Today we're watching Season 1, Episode 23, Power Play. The original Italian title is Escape from Cloud Tower, and it aired March 19th of 2004. The four kids dub title is Search for the Flame, and aired on November 20th of 2004. We're getting closer and closer to 2005. <laughs> oh god. Oh no. If my math is correct, we were in 7th grade in 2005. Ew. Gross. Uh, it, it you know, it baffles me that middle school was a horrible horrible time, but, like for everyone. I've never met someone who was like, oh yeah, middle school was great. Because it's like the worst point in your life, because you're like starting puberty, so your brain is just a hot, hot, stinking garbage mess. And like, this is when, you know, like, some people might get bullied a little bit in elementary school, but it kicks up for real in middle school, because now, now people know what to say to be mean to you, they don't just beat you up. Yeah, yeah. Which never happened to me, actually. I only got the psychological side of things. However... Same! Oh my god, twinsies! Is it because we were both fat in middle school? Oh, oh, fat and gay in middle school is, like, clench. See, I was just fat and tall. I got called Sasquatch and Gorilla. I mean, I still call you Sasquatch. Sasquirch. I mean, I call you that because you're blurry in every single photo we try to take. It's not my fault. I have crippling cryptiditis. <laughs> and like once I saw you in the distance, you were just lumbering along, and then you turned around and went, ooh. Uh, to be fair, that's just how I walk. <laughs> Arms swinging. I have to keep my balance. <laughs> I have a glandular problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> oh no, have we hit stupid o'clock at 8.30 p.m.? I think we're old. Okay, so before we get into the episode summary, we do have some listener questions to take care of. All right. Tess, do you have those ready? I Thanks for asking. I am on the wrong Twitter. 
why am I on the wrong Twitter? Hey, girl, what them wings do? Oh, no, that, yeah, that's not wrong Twitter. Uh, we have two questions from, uh, take a wild guess. Crest and Cassidy. Oh my god, you're psychic. The double C's. Okay, so, first question from Cassidy at Mad Lobotanist. Display name, Cassidy, champion of honest vibes. Uh, her question is, what kind of extracurriculars will the main cast sign up for? Okay. So, a peek behind the curtain. Uh, probably not if you've read our Twitter. We did try recording last week, and then my computer froze halfway through. So, we have answered these already, and I do remember some of the things we said then. It's just not going to be as organic and fun as it was the last time. I, I, I'm glad, because I don't remember any of this. Well, Tekken in the Robotics Club. Stella is on every single event planning committee and probably yearbook. Because she likes to, um, lead her. Well, she's also, like, the most social member of the group, and she, she's kind of a busybody, but in a good way. She's a nosy Nancy in the good way. I think she's even bragged about this in the show. She's a derelict Darlene in a good way. <laughs> well, she's like, let's do my favorite thing, snoop on people. I mean, yes. Flora uh, is some kind of gardening club, horticulture society. My school had a gardening club. My school did not because we didn't have the funding for that. Oh, I also remember you saying it's like a very Japanese idea of gardening club. It really is, because their schools, on a whole, tend to have, like, dedicated space for that. It does seem like they have far better extracurricular activity plans. And in America, they tend to seem more like an afterthought unless they're a sport. Who wants to talk about my self-esteem issues? You decided to join the drama club. No, senpai! <laughs> I hate my dad! <laughs> oh, I hate my dad! <laughs> that was the other thing we spent half the last recording doing, was just Hi, I'm Daisy's Persona 4 comics. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so that's, uh, oh, Bloom probably got brought into yearbook with Stella. So she could meet new people. So that's th that's four out of five. That just leaves Musa, and I don't want to give Musa the band. That's too obvious. Uh, she started a jazz appreciation club. Actually, I could see Musa being the one of the team who plays a sport because we don't really. She's the sportiest we get until um, Aisha. Didn't we? say track at like the exact same time i think we did but i could also see her doing basketball but i also feel like fairy basketball would be very different because everybody can fly uh blitzball <laughs> what can i do for you wow 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 i don't know why i don't know why abusa strikes me as a basketball <laughs> because she is round and inflated I, I I just don't know why that's the sport that seems to fit her the most. No, I totally get that. 
like either track or basketball because I never chose the soccer social link. I always mm. went basketball. You know, the weird thing is my guide told me to pick soccer and I went, okay, this is the one with the less interesting story, but okay. Yeah, either... Poignant social I, commentary on Japan's views of adopted children. Or, I can't talk to girls. My middle school girlfriend broke up with me and I am sad. Um, she did say main cast, so... Oh, the tricks. Yeah, because we're not counting the boys, there are too many of them. Also, they're all jocks. The only <laughs> one who isn't is Timmy, and even then, he is quasi-jock. Because, he's, let's face it, he he's on the archery team. He's jock by association. <laughs> I want to put Icy on the fencing team, but that is purely association with Mitsuru from P3. See, that's my association with uh, Ruby. Which Ruby? Oh. Uh, Ruby Rooster Teeth. Oh, okay, her. <laughs> Ruby with W, got it. Because Weiss from Ruby Rooster Teeth also has white hair and also fences. But yeah, so for some reason I want to put Icy on the fencing team. I don't know. Because there's no future dictators of America. I mean, business leaders can be very... Yeah, but Icy doesn't seem like she wants to lead the business so much as she just wants to rule the world with an iron fist. I mean... I'm, yeah, point taken. I mean... Point incredibly appropriately taken. Um, Stormy? I do not think Stormy is social enough to join a But club. if she were, Junior Meteorologist of America. Yeah. Stormy probably just goes home and... Honestly, the tricks probably don't even go to class half the time. They do their homework enough and they test really well but they're never in class like you know those you know those kids that you never saw in like class in like not even element like not even element not even high school but like college they're exactly those girls you saw them for like the tests yeah they're those girls because they're too busy trying to take over the world. Right. Okay, so I think that's everybody's extracurriculars settled. Is no one on the debate club? Hmm. Is there even a debate club anymore? I think Stella would be shockingly good at it. What, like it's hard? She's a crown princess. She has to know how to negotiate. Okay, so there's Thanks, Cassidy's Cass. question. Thank you for your question, Cassidy. We love you. All right, and how about from Crest? Crest's question is, What weapon or magical tool would you give the girls for keeps? Roxy is included in this. Stella Is or is not? Is. Is. Uh, yes. Okay. <clears throat> Stella already has hers, so you can skip her. And for various reasons, I am putting a blanket ban on swords slash magic wands. Um, well, the magic w- wands come in season six. <laughs> no, Brendan, those are magic rug beaters. Uh, fair. They really are. 
Um, um, also, I would count Stella's staff as almost a magic wand. Sort of, kind of. But make it Keelik from Soul Calibur. And when I think of characters with signature weapons or fighting styles and such, that's where my brain goes, because it's like the fighting game I'm good at. Because I also know Smash, but I'm not good at Smash. Next time, ask us what everybody's Smash main is. Okay, what are your thoughts? Uh, I like pancakes. <laughs> so for me, Roxy is fairly obvious. She kind of also already has her magical tool. It's her dog. Yeah. Like, and also she would, so she would be like the, um, kind of like Pokemon trainer. I mean, like, it is just a dog. Just a dog? Just a dog? But she's the support character fighter. Like, you partially control her, you partially control Arthur. Also, her sometimes with the dog's- the left stick, Arthur with the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Uh, sometimes his name is R2, sometimes it's Arthur. I really think it depends on the dub. Uh, Arturo. Probably what it what R two is short for, if I had to guess. Um. Okay, so Bloom, I feel, is like a completely balanced character. She would have, she'd be like easy to pick up, no real glaring faults, but also just incredibly average. But there's also the fact <laughs> that she's the fairy of the dragon flame, so she might be like you could probably like do some stuff to trick her out to get her to be like really powerful. But she'd also be like those people who just made Mitsurugi because he's the easiest character to pick up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh normally because she's that basic class of a character, I would give her a sword, but we have been banned swords. How dare you? Um, what is basic but not a sword? A gun? <laughs> <laughs> She's got a gun! <laughs> Does that fairy have a gun? Um, oh, no, wait. Bloom seems to like using blunt objects. Right, yeah. So mace? That she can a set on fire. Star. That she can set on fire. I keep a medieval flail under my desk. Thank you, Principal Waxelplax. I never understood why she had such a heavy Minnesota accent. Anyhow, uh, Stella has already covered Flora. Flora, I feel, would be a, a character. Well, yeah, probably. A whip. I also feel like she's a character who would be combo focused, like rely on really strong knowledge of her skill set to do setups that follow through really well. Do you know what I mean? Right. So the like, people that I can't play because they're too involved. So some, not quite Ivy, but someone who's even like more specialized, like Viola in Soul Calibur Five, or um, Maxi with all of his like seventeen different stances. 
Right. Speaking of Maxi, uh, Tecna, I want to give Tecna nunchucks. For some reason, I just want to give Tecna nunchucks. Even if, you know, realistically, she's probably like the first support character fighter, and then you get Roxy as an alternative support character fighter. Right. Actually, Tecna might be good at um, punishing. Like, if somebody does something that leaves their character vulnerable for, like, a second or two, she'd be really good at the follow-up. And then be able to push that follow-up into a combo. Right. Muse is the bard. Well, she's the bard. No, any jazz. Um... (laughs) The thing I, I feel like Musa is a brawler character. She is short range, packs a punch, get her at a distance, she's not as effective. Right. Um, and if I remember correctly, uh, forgot her name for a second. (laughs) Um, Aisha had magic knuckle dusters. Well, she's the other brawler character. That's the thing. So, actually, Aisha's Aisha is very inventive with her magic applications. So, I feel like Aisha would be kind of similar to Flora, a very setup heavy character, or she might be somebody who's like really, really versatile and keeps you on your toes the whole time, like Valdo, because you just do not know what's going to happen next. And none for Kiko. Bye! So I I guess we didn't really go down the weapons route, but I think we've got Mace, Staff, Nunchuck, Whip, um, Dog, (laughs) Fist, and what would you give Aisha to go along with her, like, weird, tricky power set? Because I'm thinking of her... Water Balloons. I think of Aisha... I was kidding with the water balloons. I think... Because hmm, I almost want to give her like a stealthy weapon, like a hidden one, kind of like um, Assassin's Creed style. Um... <sighs> no, she gets the gun. <laughs> Honestly, probably. <laughs> okay, So we're going with Persona 1 rules where everyone has like their dedicated like weapon set, but then they also just get guns. Also Persona 5 rules. I forgot about that. Like as soon as I was saying, I'm like, oh, that's Persona 5 too. Oh, let's give Aisha axes. Perfect. We did it. That's not a weapon you would associate with the kind of playstyle I'm thinking for her, and honestly, that just kind of adds to it. You know what I mean? Right. Alright, so with that settled, I think it's time for us to get into the episode summary. Right. So our episode opens at Cloud Tower, where we're picking up kind of directly after last week. Uh, if you'll remember... Uh, they found Ribbon in the garbage. Ribbon? They found... <laughs> if you'll remember, they found Riven in the garbage where he belongs. And... But, but he kind of got better? 
Yeah, he's like realizing that he's been a douche the entire season, so he's going to try and help them take down the witches. And um, Nut is still here. Only, did you notice in this entire episode, he's acting weirdly suspicious for no reason? Right. His voice was different. Like, it wasn't the same voice. It'd be weird if they replaced him for the last few episodes of season one. (laughs) Because he never shows up again. But yeah, he keeps saying things like, I'm not trying to deceive you or anything, wink wink. I promise, I'm on your side. That's something that someone not on our side would say. But no, the script writers are just kind of subpar. <laughs> they kind of suck. The Sinaloom dub is technically, technically more faithful. But I also feel like the original Italian script cannot be this clunky. Yeah. I mean, it's also, like, probably, like, they probably did not have very much money at all. Remember, they had no voice direction. No. No, they didn't. So, Nut is leading our party through the catacombs, and just to remind everyone, uh, our current adventuring party is Nut, followed by Bloom, Stella, Sky, Brandon, and Riven. And Riven's midriff. Yeah, Riven's back in his crop top hoodie. Okay, um, full disclosure, I didn't rewatch the episode, so some of my notes don't make sense to me. (laughs) Um, well, it's important to note that this scene is not what opens the episode in 4Kids. Oh, absolutely not. I I will let you know when 4Kids starts. Yeah, um, so... They've apparently gotten past all of, like, the wacky death traps from last time. Which, again, would have been very fun to watch. Instead, uh, Nut pushes open... He pushes a loose rock on the wall after he does some tapping on it, like Haggard with his umbrella. (laughs) And... No, Brendan! That's cancelled! It hurts. Um... Point is, they end up in the Trix's dorm room, and they step out of the wardrobe that they kept Nut in. So it so, wasn't just a closet, he had access to the whole school. Which is very good, because I don't know how long you could hide a, an ogre in a false back closet. <laughs> um... Bloom is really confused why they're in the Trix's room because they have she and Stella have been here before. Uh, but apparently the Trix room is in sort of like a centralized location. Or it's just the way Nut knows how to go. <laughs> and uh, Bloom looks out into the hallway and the hallway is full of the um, standard monster. The, uh, the Cthulhu face lobster claw ones. Right. And then Bloom turns back and goes, Guys, the coast isn't clear! Like, 
nice stage whisper. Decent stage whisper. I also like that like attempt at kind of a funny line. But um, Nut then says that even if the hallways are being patrolled, it's not really going to hold them up much because he knows the backside of the school, more or less. So the way it seems to work is the tunnel in the wardrobe goes to the subterranean tunnels that connect all three institutions. But he leads them over to the um, big round mirror that we've seen the tricks use as a door. And apparently that goes to all of the like, I almost want to call them like the servants walks in cloud tower. Like those, the, the, the hallways tunnels that the secret tunnels that nut doesn't usually go to. Like, it feels like these would be the kind of thing like, you know, like the hallways and such that, servants in big houses would use so that um, nobody saw them. You've never seen, like, the old houses where they're like, and this is the servant staircase. Uh, no, because I haven't been to Colonial Williamsburg in years. So Nut uh, leads them into the, um, behind the panel part of the attraction at Cloud Tower. Oh. Uh, where they stage all the effects. Real quick. Huh. There is an animation error. Sky's hair just goes away. Oh, is he bald? He gets... Well, it's not... His bangs get snatched. <sighs> not his bang piece. So that proves that's on a different layer than the rest of him. I mean, that does kind of make sense. But it's also... This is still hand-drawn. That yeah, kind of error. Yeah, that kind of error makes sense. Like nowadays, because the show is like animated digitally. But what kind of traditional animation error? Ah, who knows? Somebody who knows how animation works, please let us know how in one frame they could forget to put somebody's hair in. <laughs> it's not like oh, I forgot to draw Bloom's tiara or. <laughs> Oops, I forgot her wings. He, like, Or, like, uh-oh, Darcy's uh, like entire arm is colored purple instead of just her glove. Or Techno doesn't have sleeves. Like, those are errors we can get behind. How does Sky miss his hair? I'm actually gonna uh, pull it up real quick. Okay, so while you do that, after Nut pushes the door open, Sky takes the lead because, you know, he's the tank. And after they walk through, like, the behind-the-scenes area where they, like, stage all the rides and everything, uh, they end up in an M.C. Escher dungeon full I mean, of weird staircases. I mean, that's what my bedroom looks like. The sad part is they don't do anything interesting with the weird staircases. They're just in the background. So it's kind of like how last episode we really wanted them to do, like, the Scooby-Doo door sequence. If you're going to have an M.C. Escher room, you need to do fun bits where everybody is running on different staircases. Oh, like that bit in, um... Uh... It's a more sophisticated version of the Scooby-Doo gag. That bit in, um... Teen Titans with uh, Mad Mod. Yeah, 
pretty much exactly that. That is what I want uh, the behind the scenes at Cloud Tower to be. It's just Mad Mod's weird school. Uh, so Sky takes the lead, and this entire time they are being watched by the um the eyeball with spider legs. Oh, I hate this. That I is hate some this kind of crystal so ball. Much. Oh, this was gross. This was so gross. Uh, so the the eyeball with spider legs scuttles on back to Griffin's it office. It made the goopy noises that I don't like. Yeah, it made some goopy bug noises. And it shows Icy, like, what it saw, because I guess it's also a recording device. Um, she is not that happy that the castle has been breached right under their noses. Um, and Stormy is very mad that Nut has betrayed them, even though they've known that he has betrayed them for two or three episodes now. He has done been betraying them. And, uh, but the small consolation that Izzy points out is because they have the dragon flame, they are technically invincible. So now that Bloom and the rest of the party are here, it's going to be really easy to finish them off. So after that sentiment, we have a brief commercial break. And uh, when we come back, we are at Althea, where Musa is saying that this was supposed to be a normal school year. With a frizz? No way! Cruising on down Main Street. Um, <laughs> this is where Four Kids starts. It is at this point that I send Brendan the animation error of Sky Without Bangs. Let's see how he reacts. <laughs> oh no! You see what I mean? Why is it just his bangs? Oh my god. Uh, the screenshot... <sighs> the screenshot just came through. It will of be Sky Without there. Bangs. Um, but yeah, Musa says this should have been a normal school year, but now we're involved in a crisis, and I'm like, this hits home. Uh, yeah, it's a little close to home. Uh, te- uh, Musa did not want to save the world this year. But, um, Tecta points out that they're getting way more practical experience. Which cool. I guess if you if you have to find a silver lining, I guess that's it. Ah. Uh. And that is when they are joined by a pair of background fairies. Now, the lines. four kids dub... Who have lines? Uh, the four kids dub does get one of their names right, but misidentifies the other. So the one they get right is Hortense. And Hortensia. Hortense... Or Hortensia, or several other variations, but we're going with Hortense these days. Uh, Hortense has, like, she has, like, a hime cut. Like, she's got the blunt bangs, but the rest of her hair is kind of, like, wavy instead of purely straight. And the other one is called Priscilla, but Priscilla's a different character. This is Francine. She's Why the, do they uh, all have old lady names? They just do. <laughs> if their name isn't something bullshit fantasy like Amaryl, which <laughs> might be a real name, it's like 
Hortense, and Priscilla, and Francine, and Alice. And Veranda. Uh, yeah, yeah, Princess Windowshade. Um, I ship this. I ship these two. They're cute. They do have very cute character designs. See, now, un- unfortunately, this is one of the moments where if I had just watched the episode, I would have totally been able to make these jokes. <laughs> but my notes here are, for four kids, the f- kind of prom or freshies going to. Oh, wow, four kids, way to f- this section up. And I'm like, I wish I knew what I was talking about here. Because <laughs> I'm sure it was good. So, Hortensia has tried to flee, but, uh, like, she, in the four kids dub, they do a great, they do a great bit where she basically called her mom and asked to be picked up. <laughs> but she didn't get service. Um, but in the Cinelume dub, Hortensia is kind of terrified of what could happen if things go sideways. And, uh, Francine says that they are basically prisoners in their own school, which is not incorrect. Um, oh, the line I wrote down, uh, is what Hortense says in Four Kids. What good is history if you're not around to tell about it? And don't diss prom, I'm on the committee. I even picked the theme. It was gonna be under the sea. The most boring and overused prom theme. But don't worry, because we have to fight for our skill. I don't think he goes to our skill. <laughs> I had to write it down like that because someone says we're going to fight for our skill. Oh, that's perfect. Also, um, Hortensia, if you see her in the background, uh, transform, she is the one with the hat. <gasps> Not the one with the fast food uniform, but the one with the hat. She's the one with the raspberry beret? Yes, she is the fairy with the raspberry beret. Oh my god, I love her, even though her name is awful. Um, and Francine has a bunch of weird feathers on her outfit, but, eh, we deal with it. <laughs> she deals with it, too. Peta is very mad at her. At least I think they're feathers. Who knows? Also, um, there is an animation error version of, uh, Hortensia's fairy form, where, um, it is colored red and... Uh, they color her hat like it's a tied-up part of her hair. Musa and Flora give them a pep talk, and Musa lets them know that Bloom is on what is more or less a suicide mission at Cloud Tower. And that is when Tecna's beeper goes off. Wait! Wait! <laughs> wait! Wait! <laughs> I forgot I wrote this down! I'm sure they'll be alright. Smash cut to Bloom being led to a guillotine. <laughs> um. Also, uh, Tecna discovered the meaning of life by saying that the witches are wrong. <laughs> uh, so, Tec- because it's 2004 and this show was written in, well, it was in the works as early as the year 2000, I, I guess it's not shocking that Tecna has a beeper, but it's still... It still reads way too old-fashioned for her specifically. Um, I'm just as surprised as Flora at Tecna having her pager as a necklace. I thought it was a zipper. <laughs> is that- wait, that's what it is? It's- it's the green thing. She takes the green thing off. 
and it's a hollow pager. Oh my god, I didn't even notice that. I thought she just pulled, like, a beeper out of nowhere, but... Wow, that's weird. Um, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. And then we get the cutest thing ever? So the... She's being paged by Timmy. And... Uh, she lets the other girls know that she and Timmy are, um, analyzing mission data to develop an early warning system for the next time the monsters attack. But she is also all red and blushy while she's saying this, and then she, like, runs off. Oh, I get it. Y'all are studying biology. Boo. (laughs) This next scene is what ends the four kids dub, which is wild. They moved it all the way to the end. And it sucks in the four kids dub. Yeah, it's a much less impactful ending. Um, Tecna and Timmy are in a red fountain dropship, and Timmy is poking at a disco ball. Real real quick, real quick. Um, (laughs) The girls, um, and this, like, you know, Tecna just ran off. The girls are like, wow, we've never seen Tecna so normal. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? We've never seen Technax so heteronormative before. Well, these are the only hets I support, so... Um, Techna Timmy is valid. I dig nerd love. That is the only valid ship in the show. That is canon. <laughs> is Techna and Timmy. I mean, I mean, Bloom and Sky ain't too bad. They're boring, though. Currently? Well, yeah. Because they're the projections. Do you mean protagonist? No, like... Oh, I'm like Bloom. I can project myself onto Oh, okay, I see what you mean. They're the... Yeah. They're the persona protagonist, where you can choose their... I actually... You know what I mean. Yeah, they're... um, They're mostly blank templates. Blank slates. Um, We do get a good romance out of Aisha in season four. But... Don't bring that up. But um, until then, we just kind of have to deal with a couple of schmoopy teens in love. And make our own ships. So, uh, Timmy is poking at a disco ball, because that is, like, the way these things are controlled, apparently. And uh, he is saying some techno babble, while Tecna just kind of, like, stares at him dreamily. <laughs> and then he asks Tecna to run some numbers. And uh she makes the numbers into a shape into a heart shape. And she says something along the lines of I've always been controlled by logic, but what do I do when my emotions are getting the better of like something like very clearly like I am crushing on you and I'm just like Tecna you you said that out loud. You know that, right? It's it's a very cute moment that would be better served if she was somewhere private. As it is, she is three steps away from busting into I Won't Say I'm In Love. <laughs> and in four kids, Timmy just low-key insults Tecna? How so? Because, yeah, it's also been a week since I watched the four kids dub. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so in Four Kids, they essentially made this scene more dire. Like, they're actually working on a warning system for the next attack. 
and Timmy just goes, Hey, these numbers seem pretty high. I mean, are you sure you didn't make a mistake? And I'm like, really, dude? And then it cuts to Tecna with the the numbers flashing, but it doesn't turn into a heart. It's just like, that's the problem. It's not wrong. And it's just a bunch of numbers. I guess that's one way to build drama. So let's move on from Tecna and Timmy, and we are going to go back to Cloud Tower. Um, they have been, they have been wandering on this behind-the-scenes tour of Disneyland for six hours. <laughs> they, they passed the King Kong exhibit, like, four times! And Nut is a terrible tour guide. Um, she specifically says it feels like they have not moved at all. Uh, it's the nev- it's the never-ending staircase in Mario 64. Uh, but Nut assures her that they are close to where the tricks are hiding the dragon flame, like he knows for sure where it is. But this is apparently in the dungeons, and there are no guards, and no lookouts. So, uh, you know, totally on the up and up. It's fine. Uh, but they also, like, say something like, quick, let's save the Cloud Tower students. Because I guess they were also told to do this off screen. Sure, why not? Um, so Brandon goes to bust some doors down with his claymore. While he's doing that... Well, I'm aroused. <laughs> you or Stella? <laughs> yes. So while he's off, um, conanning about... <laughs> uh, Bloom, Sky, and Stella go through this huge set of double doors... And there is a not-at-all-suspicious lit brazier. No. Brazier. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Just a flip tits. Um, wow, you really took our bra burning <laughs> to a whole other level, didn't you? Uh, the tricks are finally free! <laughs> A, Their tits aren't big enough for bras. A brazier in the middle of the room. Like Frasier, but with a brr. Uh, if you're a redneck, it's a fire pit. Um, Bonfire. So, uh, Bloom goes up to this brazier to try and reclaim the dragon flame, and it... F- because she assumes it's the dragon flame. And it freezes over. Oh no. Which is honestly a really cool effect. And that is when this like huge freezing wind starts up and it it's fast enough that it slams Sky Stella and uh, Nut into the walls hard enough to leave a dent. And it's a good thing Nut didn't hit one of them otherwise they would be dead. Oh yeah. <laughs> smushed. And they're all like, what's going on? As if they haven't infiltrated the bad guy lair. And the tricks show up and just like, you've been tricked, dumbass. It's kind of part of the name. <laughs> We're not the Fruity Pebbles. Um, 
that's Steven Universe. Ha! Huh. Um. Uh, so Icy uh, says that Bloom is a fool because, you know, every villain has to use that word. Uh, the flame no longer physically exists because it has become a part of the tricks and Bloom can never get it back. So she stands there gloating. Um, she cackles and says that Cloud Tower will be Bloom's grave. And she cackles some more. And while she does this... In Four Kids, um, there is a minor avoidance of the we're going to kill you angle. <laughs> she says something like, you'll never leave. You know, just, just sidestepping the we're going to kill you. Uh, what she does, but she's cackling. And while she cackles, Darcy is standing behind her. I took a screenshot of this that will also be on the Twitter. Darcy looks blazed out of her gourd. <laughs> Ooh, I want to see it. Ooh, let me see it. As long as you don't say it like that again. <laughs> May I see the photo, please? <laughs> Icy looks like she's in the middle of an exorcism. <laughs> Darcy looks, uh, or Icy looks like she's about to sneeze. <laughs> Um, let's see here. My next note is, oh good, the coven's in town. So, um, while they stand there cackling, uh, they are, like, hit by a bolt of green lightning from behind, and that sends them into the wall hard enough to leave a dent. Perfect. Someone's gonna have to repaint this room. And they, like, crumple like sacks of potatoes. And it is... Like, the, the camera pans, and it is Griffin, who is, like, shining with the righteous fury of witchcraft as she stomps into the room and tells the tricks to consider that a warning. I love her. <laughs> um, uh, Griffin is the... Witch. Like, um, she is that... Witch. She is every... Witch. Who has ever been a... Witch. It's Griffin. There is a line that I wrote down. I honestly forget where it was. I believe it should be around the point, like, right before the witches get blasted into the wall. Icy goes, or, I forget who says what, but it's definitely the tricks. You must be the biggest loser in all of history. They'll have a whole book about you at Althea. And then one of the others quips in with, except no one will read it because there'll be no Alfia left. And I'm like, thanks. thanks? Good job. Sick burn? You do you. So Griffin says that the tricks deserve nothing less than the worst imaginable punishment for everything they've done. But that the final showdown is going to have to wait. Beetle dee doo, beetle doo doo doo. And, and because this is a children's show, the tricks don't immediately retaliate with their godlike powers. Uh, <laughs> uh, they monologue. Uh, the, and they. Oh no, they don't monologue just yet. Instead, they stand there and watch Griffin wave her arms and do some more witchy bullshit. What do you think you're doing? What the fuck does it look like? I'm playing an invisible piano solo. <laughs> 
<laughs> that obviously means I'm doing some really hella powerful magic. <laughs> um, in four kids, um, in four kids, Griffin is putting up a detention barrier, and I'm just like, they're trying to kill everyone. Instead, we have to focus on the uh, the school angle, because if they uh, if they talk chew gum or something, uh, the barrier will get smaller. Uh, so she she conjures up this like really cool wall of purple fire, the detention and, barrier, and like well actually, so the wall itself looks like it's made out of just like purple light, and. Then there's, like, purple fire at the bottom of it, which is a very cool look. Uh, so they, the tricks are trapped on, like, the, basically the opposite half circle to where everybody else is. And, uh, she tells the others to get moving because the shield is not going to hold. So she does some, she does something really cool. I mean, like she hasn't this whole time. <laughs> but, so, uh, all the others vacate the premises. Like, they get out of that room. And then Griffin uh, starts doing some more invisible piano solos. And makes these huge, like, spikes of rock uh, jut out of the walls to, like, reinforce the, the barrier that she put up. All right. And, like, she covers these doors with, like, ten layers of stalagmites before she orders everybody up onto the terrace, not specifying which one. Uh, it's the one I have lovingly referred to as the helipad in previous episodes. Um, and four kids. She's talking like... I, I, I'm... <laughs> Again, I forget... What happens, but stop talking about school stuff. People are going to die. So she probably mentioned something about extra credit. And in Cineloom, she just talks about the ancestral witches again. So what's happening is, first of all, all the Cloud Tower students are in cloaks. Yes, the coven. Because they're witches and, you know, witches are creatures in of cloaks. Uh, creatures of drama. Because they're... I mean, same. And um, somebody gives Griffin a, a red version of the cloak all the students are wearing, so you know she's important. Uh, in the Four Kids Club... Four Kids Club? In the Four Kids dub, it is called the Fashion Club's Hazard Cloak. So as they walk the halls, one of the students asks if they're really just going to abandon Cloud Tower to the tricks. And, um, like, Stella says that they could destroy the school if they wanted to. And Griffin is super duper aware of that and reminds everybody present that there is, like, nothing they can do right now. We can't help. We can't help. We just need to go. And um, she... Uh, she also mentions that she super duper regrets not taking Farragonda's warning about the tricks at face value. And in four kids, Griffin says something along the lines of, I can't believe three dropouts are this powerful. And I'm like, can't they be considered dropouts if they were expelled? 
Yeah, they're not dropouts, Griffin. In fact, it seems like they were some of your top students until you found out they were, like, too evil. Uh, this is also the point where, in the Cinelum dub, Fer uh, Griffin mentions that uh, she, Farragonda, and Saladin helped stop the Ancestral Coven just super cash. There it is. And I'm just thinking, like, beating three old biddies in 1988 isn't an accomplishment, Griffin. Did you really do the math on that? I mean, that's 16 years before the show starts. Yeah, but these old biddies have, like, hella dark magic. I know, but there's still three old biddies. Uh, she also says that in the future, they shall always remain vigilant so that nobody can take the magic dimension for granted. Well. Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, I suppose. Uh, good luck with that, girls. Back in the impromptu prison chamber, uh, Icy just kind of, like, screams and freezes over Griffin's shield and makes it shatter. Uh, she's- in the Cinnaloom dub, she screams no, but it is a very subpar delivery of the word no. I mean, we've heard it. They're reading off of a script. Yeah, once again, Icy's voice actress is just marking her line. And they don't do another take. Okay, and you want me to scream no here, right? Like, something like, no! Alright, thanks. I'm sorry, what? Alright, that's a wrap on today's recording. Thanks so much. So, apparently, the only way Griffin was able to get the jump on them is specifically because they were not expecting it. Um, and Darcy realizes they are stuck because they see the field of stalagmites uh, keeping them in this room. Uh, Icy is running on rage and starts blasting the stalagmites to get out because apparently they can't teleport their way out of this one. So they are going to have to let the creatures of the dark deal with Bloom and the others while they brute force their way through several feet of solid granite. I could just imagine, like, they just summon, like, magic pickaxes and then just, like, stupid fairies, stupid bitches, gonna kill them all! You spent 12 hours digging. You cannot rest, there are monsters nearby. So up on the terrace, Griffin summons a portal to Alfia. And it's actually, like, a really well-done shot that's, like, pretty dramatic because the wind is whipping and everybody's in cloaks and Griffin is doing... Some witchcraft. Does everyone have their portal buddies? Yeah, she she tells people to go in pairs of two in the four kids dub, I think. Um, probably, but I'm just like, <laughs> okay, remember to keep your portal buddy nearby. We're going on a field trip. Remember to speak clearly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and suddenly, she's in Neverland. Um, also, this portal is a green tractor beam. Oh, a green tractor beam. I think that means John Deere. Congratulations, Brendan. It's your first heterosexual joke you've ever made in your life. <laughs> I'm so stupid. I'm so proud of you. So um, while this uh, UFO beam starts sucking up the Cloud Tower students, 
uh, she yells at, like, Bloom, Stella, and the boys to get in the tractor beam. But Sky wants to stay behind and cause a distraction because the, uh, the monsters are, like, hot on their tail. And by hot on their tail, I mean there's, like, two or three of them lumbering up this huge spiral staircase to the tower. It's the ones with no heads. So, um, Griffin recognizes that Sky wants to do something, so she conjures a brand new hoverbike, but in blue. Oh, darn it, I made a Harry Potter joke, too. Griffin casts Akio and summons a Nimbus 2000. I think the consensus is, um, the woman who wrote it is canceled, but Harry Potter is still fine. Harry Potter turned into a magic cop at the end of the series. Death of the author. So yeah, Griffin summons a Nimbus 2000. And when Sky hops on, uh, he turns into Robocop. Yeah, he turns into a Robocop. And then Bloom's all, I'm going with you. And then Bloom also turns into a Robocop. Is this common Rider? <laughs> um, Sky is like, no, Bloom, what are you doing? And she goes, but Sky, I want to be with you. And he's like, okay. So they, they speed off on the bike while uh, Riven, Brandon, and Stella get into the tractor beam. And then Griffin think- goes through. <laughs> I think they told Riven, okay, you're staying with the teacher. <laughs> and because, oh, yeah, earlier, actually, this is my worst moment, so I'm going to wait. So uh, Bloom and Sky are left to deal with these monsters. And by deal with, we mean run away from. And by, uh, and we also mean sick bike tricks. Woohoo! Because Sky does some fancy flying. Uh, and then we get a recycled animation where a bunch of the goo bugs and other monsters file out of Cloud Tower to go out, attack Althea. Save money. Sky and Bloom race through the forests and, like, run into some of the monsters, but then Sky speeds away, and then we do more bike stunts. And it's cool, but also kind of boring to talk about. And then the episode's over. Yeah, they get hit, like, the engine goes up or something, and the bike explodes. Like, they go careening off of a cliff, and, you know, they land safely, because this is a kid show. Oh, right, yeah, there's no tension. They're just like, oh, we're fine. Um, and they are, like, at a lake outside of Magics, and, like, Magics is covered in dark clouds and lightning, and that's the end of the episode. Um, but yeah, in Four Kids, it just ends with that really cute unfortunately ruined scene in four kids with timmy and techna and the last i one of the last lines of the episode in four kids is so it looks like the army that's going to be attacking alfia is for lack of a better word big <laughs> the f- do you mean by that timmy i mean i know what you mean but what do you what thanks tim jimin Thanks, Timantha. <laughs> Timantha? So, now that the episode is over, on that note, uh, we are going to now pick our best moment 
our worst moment, and crown the MVP of this episode. Woohoo! Tess, what is your best moment? Well, I was going to make it one thing, then I decided against it because that's just better off for something else. Um, my best moment is um, the Timmy and Techna scene in the Cineloom dub. That was very cute. My best moment was Griffin once again showing why she's the mistress, the headmistress of Cloud Tower. No, I, I get that. Uh, what's your worst moment? Well, we didn't mention it because we are too busy talking about Sky's weave getting snatched. But Ribbon goes back to his old asshole self with a line to Brandon when they're going through, like, the uh, ma- magic mirror. Mm-hmm. He, he just goes, ladies first. But then uh, Brandon snaps back with, and children after that. That's good. Like, yeah, so I'm like, that's a... God damn it, Riven, we were starting to like you. That's the proper way to respond to that burn. <laughs> well, attempted burn, I should say. Uh, my worst moment was the ending of the episode. Yeah, it really should have been like half, like 30 seconds earlier with them like dangerously off a cliff. Memento Mori fired alls. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your MVP? Uh, my MVP is Griffin. Same. Yeah, like, that's the reason I didn't want to, like, make her, like, my best moment. But, like, she was so good. It was so cool. It was, like, so good. What am I, some knives? (laughs) (laughs) Right, that was from that series. Hey! All right, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for joining us at the Magic Winks Clubhouse today. We've had fun, and we hope you did too. If you would like to follow me, Brendan, on Twitter, you can reach me at Sonata Waves. S-O-N-A-T-A-W-A-V-E-S. You can find me, Tess, on Twitter, at Pocky Slice. That is Pocky like a delicious Japanese snack. Slice as in a slice of monster. <laughs> You can find the show on Twitter at MagicWinksPod. You can email us at MagicWinksClubhouse at gmail.com. That is the name of this podcast at gmail.com. Join us next time when we get closer to the end of our first thrilling season with episode 24, The Witch's Siege. You know it's good if they use the word siege. I can't think of a good joke with that. So, until next time. <laughs> Meeting adjourned. Open your eyes, open your mind. We are the wings. Wings, if your hand is holding mine, we can fly through space and time. And together we be surfing winners. Wings, we're just like hand and tan. You light up our world. We'll fly the moonlit sky together. Who was in the movie Under Siege? I think it was Steven Seagal.